This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. As with any investment, capital is at risk. And welcome to The Advice Show. From industry scoops to practice management, this podcast will give you UK and global insights into the financial planning profession. I'm Nicola, a reporter at NMA, and this week we are taking stock of the world of ESG investments and asking the question, what has happened to ESG this year? Joining the conversation today is John Dean, Head of Retirement Strategy at Altus. So hi, John, and thank you very much for joining us today. How are you doing? Hi, Nicola. I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Doing well. First day of, of autumn, but we're, we're still smiling. Indeed, indeed, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel so autumn of Tunnel yet, does it? Exactly, exactly. Not not quite yet, luckily. Um, John, you've you've been doing a bit of work on, on ESG at Altus. Can you can you speak a bit about that um, first off? I know it's a subject that you're quite passionate about. Sure, yeah. Um, well, as a supplier to the financial services industry, uh, we're starting to get in, um, asked more and more these days um, to include ESG factors in our um, in, in our own contracts. Um, obviously, more and more of our clients are B Corps or um, are interested in in their um, in their different levels of, of missions and impact in in society and, and globally. And uh, so, I've been doing some work with with colleagues in Altus just to uh, to identify the um, the ways in which we're aligned to. Um, the sustainable development goals and um, and generally uh, all the good stuff that we're doing. It's these kind of things we're, we're going to be asked more and more and I think um, our clients are going to want to audit us at, at various points in the future as well. So um, certainly something that's very uh, of keen interest at the moment to the company and to the board. Yeah, great, 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 great. And I mean, so so focusing on the world of ESG investing, first of all, I mean, you know, particularly in 2021, ESG funds seem to experience a real bull run. But more recently, the the tide seems to have turned for them a bit. Um, would, would you agree with that? And why, if you could put that down to a few things, you know, why would you say that is? Why has that tide turned more recently? Well, um, two words, oil and gas, I would say. Uh, those are two two assets that don't really sit very comfortably within the world of SFDR and and, uh, uh, and environmental uh, policy. And um, obviously, they've they've been they've seen sharp increases in dividends, and and uh, and consequently, the, the share prices of oil and gas companies have gone through the roof. Now, if you're sat, sat in a fund which uh, which has excluded those types of assets, then um, clearly, you've missed out on on a bounce, and and the, the Ukraine invasion has uh, has probably impacted you in in many other ways. So, um, for example, all the, um, uh, the the assets that have have tumbled as a as a part of widespread you know, uh, unrest among investment markets. So, uh, yeah, I think those are the, that's the key. Really, is 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 that. Do you think this was always going to happen to to the world of, of ESG investments at some point? Was the tide going to turn at some point? Obviously, um, factors like the Ukrainian invasion were, were shocking and not something that was always anticipated. But 
in terms of the kind of bull run that those investments had, was it going to end at some point? What What do you think? I I think I think to an extent, yes. Um, you could argue that those many of those assets were overvalued anyway. And um, take another example of tech stocks. Uh, obviously, had an extraordinary explosion in value um, during the pandemic, um, which was never going to be a, a forever thing. Um, so companies like Zoom and Microsoft, you know, who are who have really taken advantage of of uh, the kind of remote working now as we start to return to offices people still use those technologies but the the growth in those types of assets is nowhere near as, as stellar um, netflix as well now um, and obviously they've got the double whammy of people people having less spare time as they go back to the offices but also um, you know with the cost of living crisis now coming in people are looking to cut cut um, discretionary spend so um i mean um, let's be honest the markets are cyclical and um esg uh, aligned investments are are never going to be the top performers all the time i think if you look back over performance history then you know, esg has performed well over some um, periods of market and and less well over other uh, you know other kind of periods so uh, just like any other any other asset any of the other fund really yeah yeah i see i see it's, it's, it's interesting that link you draw between tech stocks and esg funds because we we wrote an article a couple of months ago basically based on some research that showed that um four of the the fang stocks you know the some of the biggest mega cap tech companies in in the us are held they're the stocks that are held most in esg funds globally and it was interesting because it really highlighted that the two are very intertwined, you know, this this tech world and, and the ESG world. Indeed, I mean, obviously, um, tech stocks will argue that they, they have a, a, a low physical footprint. People can um, work from home a lot more. Um, you can run servers and, and, and mass service stations uh, using solar power in, in parts of the world. Um, you know, they, they, they can claim to have a lower energy footprint, for example. So... Um, and you know probably as well uh, many of them looking at, uh, at social um, social aspects and, and governance aspects as well are uh, perform pretty well uh, compared to compared to the, the wider market yeah and, and have the resource to kind of focus on those elements of their businesses as well quite quite in depth presumably sure yeah yeah you could argue that um, some of them may be less than others um, you know we talk about the Facebook scandals and uh, and, and the politicisation, um, uh, the, you know, the Cambridge Analytics um, uh, scandal recently. You know that there are there are still question marks hanging over it. Are you able to are you able to um to sort of expand a bit more on the Cambridge Analytics scandal just for our our listeners who who don't really know about it? Um, well, this is this was when Facebook was uh, um, was found to be to be. Uh, Colluding with with a company called Cambridge Analytica that um, uh, that was found was thought to be involved in um, political manipulation ahead of um, certain key election votes, so the um, the Trump vote and the and the um, the, uh, the Brexit vote, for example. So um, sort of concerns that there were there was uh, political meddling really by a, a social media company, um, yeah. you know, algorithms that were potentially. Um, driving certain news stories to uh, 
um, to users of the of the sites and uh, um, and distorting people's opinions or amplifying negative opinions or, or and so on. So yeah, that was um, uh, that was quite a quite a big story at the time. Yeah, it's it's an interesting, a really interesting example, and and one I think that kind of yeah exemplifies a wider issue which is that you know since since ESG funds have become so popular there have been a lot of I guess we want to call them exposés exposés of you know companies that are held in ESG funds um, maybe not necessarily um, you know displaying kind of these values and those values that they purport to be aligned with um, and and on that note John I did want to ask your opinion on on something do you, do you think some advisors and, and investors um, part of the reason they could have lost interest in ESG a little bit more this year, if we're talking about outflows and, and the, the dwindling performance, um, like have some of them become more aware of greenwashing more recently and become a little bit disenchanted with, with ESG? Um, I don't, I, I don't know if it's necessarily that so much as um, uh, our customers needing money back. You know, if if you find yourselves in financial straits suddenly, your, your energy bills doubled. Mm. Um, you know, that we you could argue that some of that outflow has been been related to that. Um, clearly, if you see your funds um, declining in, you know, the, the unit price is declining in your in in your key investments, then um, some people are going to question whether they're on the right strategy. You know, should they really be invested now in in some oil and gas companies to and take advantage of the, um, uh, the bonanza that's happening in, you know, in those stocks at the minute and the high dividends. Um, yeah, I, it's it's a complex it's a complex question, really. Um, yeah, I I don't I. Yes, of course, there's 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 going to there is there is probably a bit more awareness of greenwashing. Um, I don't think that's helped by um, the SFDR regulations now. Now class um, gas and nuclear um, air stocks as transition stocks. Um, now that that puts a bit of a, a shadow over um, people who've who've got a kind of a really clear view, perhaps that uh, that gas is not the future um, and don't want to be invested in gas. Um, you know there there are still um, Article Nine funds that are aligned to to. Uh, um, to that and don't invest in gas, for example. But, uh, but yeah, I think I think it's uh, um, maybe it's not the it's it's not been the the key focus for um, for investors. You know, yeah. I think capital preservation perhaps has become more more key at the minute. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I see. And and so if we go back to kind of when this bull run began, you know, again broadly speaking, if we're talking kind of beginning of twenty twenty one. Um, end of 2020 what would you say was the if there was one main driver behind that was it investor interest was it the asset managers coming out with the products was it was it impending regulatory requirements what what do you think oh, i think there's um to an extent there's um institutional funds and pension fund investors have had to um, align more to um you know net zero 2050 um you know, so obviously regulation has has driven some of that um, uh, pension fund investing towards towards green aligned funds, for example, and certainly TS, TCFD in the UK. Um, so yeah, I mean that that that's that's one aspect. I um, I think some advisors have been um, 
focusing on on um, ESG credentials a bit more. Um, you know, and the Mifid, uh, the Mifid regulations. You know, uh, looking at looking at that, uh, it's probably just um, created that focus focus in advisors' minds. Obviously, it's been it's been um, a lot in the financial press. Um, certainly, City City Wire have been been covering a lot of ESG. Um, uh, articles um, yourself, so you know it's it's in people's minds. I, you know, I, I think uh, um, I think at the minute there's there's probably a little bit less focus on on ESG as as a topic, um, as uh, as other you know, other aspects sort of come into play. I mean, I wonder if and thinking about the ones that have been kind of more successful, I wonder if, as you say, those are the ones that are being the most clear about what exactly, how exactly they interpret ESG, whether the focus is on exclusions or engagement or, you know, it's a purely impact-driven fund um, because it's, as you say, it's that looking under the bonnet that's that's complicated. <laughs> sure, yeah. Now, I, th- I think there are certain, um, there are certain um, fund managers who, who have a clearer, who've outlined a clearer strategy. Um, it was in- interesting that, um, um, uh, that uh, the BlackRock, Sort of rode back a little bit from their um, from their climate commitments. I think it was earlier this year, um, and you know, citing that that, that um, a lot of the investor, um, the shareholder, um, the shareholder um, votes uh, proposals had uh, were going a little bit too far or too fast for um for companies to to to, to cater for um now and, and and you can argue that is is a uh, invest uh, a fund manager has to uh, has to protect the the long-term interests of of, uh, of its investors and has to has to look at long-term returns if uh, if they're looking to if if, if individual shareholders are looking to push a transition too quickly um, you know, it's, it's it involves a lot of investment um, by those in the, you know those companies without um, without necessarily a, an instant return and and uh, you know like yeah it's um, yeah I don't I don't know whether whether um, whether likes of BlackRock have have suffered as a result of of a, of a sort of change of emphasis mm. um, or whether they've just been um, Turning to you know, using that as an excuse to in, to sort of rebalance towards more of the um, the growth companies now, you know, the yeah. oil and gas and, and so on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting, as you say. I guess the focus has just been you know slightly more on sort of other things this year, hasn't it? And other other kind of investment. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you could argue yeah. energy security is a you know is a is is quite key, and you know, in the short term, perhaps the oil and gas is a is a way to secure secure that. John, I'd I'd love to kind of look look ahead, look forward to the future of ESG investing. Um, big question, but will momentum behind ESG, as in the momentum that there was um, before twenty twenty two, pick up again? And what do you think needs to happen for that to to occur? ESG will come back into the spotlight. Um, I I suspect um, that. Uh, that it would be more driven by a return to to uh, to growth of ESG focused stocks. Um, in the long term, I think it has to. It, it really has to. It, you know, we hear, and this this year has been, um, you know, it's been the driest, hottest summer 
ever in, in, across the UK and Europe with, with droughts. We've got the, the worst ever floods in Pakistan happening right now, um, affecting a huge tranche of the population there. Um, yeah, they, um, I read a story just this week around the Greenland ice cap. They, uh, scientists have predicted that um, there'll be a minimum 27 centimetre sea rise um, uh, already baked in with the, with the carbon that's already been emitted. Um, you know, from the melting of the Greenland ice caps, um, and that's a that's a minimum. It could be almost a metre. So, um, you know, I think we're getting more and more stories like this that that will that drive the agenda. If if people can connect the things that are happening around us now with with our power to change the world by investing, um, then the future is positive. On the other hand, you've got um, Got Texas and Florida are effectively banning public sector um, pension schemes from investing in ESG stocks. Um, if we get a Trump government, who knows? That, that, that could get much, much worse. Something that we have seen in the US is financial firms can, are actually being penalised for, um, for for greenwashing, essentially. And it's not something it's not something we've seen as much in terms of the regulator um, holding firms account and penalising them here. But 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 that. That action is interesting in the US because you mentioned, you know, Trump um, possibly being elected president again in a few years. Um, is is that the kind of um, is that the kind of thing you could see him reversing? I think what's happening already in, um, in Texas and Florida. So te- Texas have have um, have uh, put in a ruling to to make sure um, firms well. Uh, investment firms um, must must permit investment in oil and gas companies um, in order to to access the market for the state pension schemes. Um, and in Florida, they've the the ruling slightly different in that they've 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 inserted a ruling that that uh, um, public sector pension schemes are not allowed to select their investments by ESG factors. Um, which is, well, in many ways, you think, well, how else are they supposed to choose their choose their investments? Because it's all about risk, isn't it? Investing is all about risk. But they've they've been told to invest only using pecuniary factors. Um, so there, I suppose there are there are ways around that. You could you could say you're investing in in assets for one reason and um, and and still take in, into account those ESG factors under the bonnet. But, uh, I think what they're trying to achieve is is less political meddling with the system and less social engineering by uh, by fund managers, mm-hmm. um, if you like. So that's but but clearly it's all it's all about the the policies um, the, the the firm's policies against investing in fossil fuels. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a. I think I think these. These policies in those two states, I think West Virginia is also looking at those sort of things, um, is is indicative of the sort of policy that you could expect Trump to implement um, nationwide, if, um, should he get in again, and possibly other Republican candidates if it if it weren't Trump. So yeah, yeah there there is a danger that that becomes federal yeah. law, not just not just state law. 
And I, it's interesting because I suppose there's one argument to this to say, oh, you know, um, that's kind of dis discouraging ESG investing. So it's so it's these policies aren't aren't a good thing. But then there's but at the same time, what these states are implementing in some ways, it seems to align with, you know, asset managers who talk about engagement and how engagement is the best way forward if we're talking about ESG investing, because they could argue that by investing an ESG fund into some of the biggest oil and gas majors, they um, have influence to kind of shape the the path that those companies are on in terms of you know re renewables production and things like that yeah it is it is and it's, it does mean that if 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 an if a fund manager wants to produce a fund which is compatible with both sfdr um and uk regulations in tcfd and and across the states they're going to need to very carefully word their investment policies uh, to to ensure that that it's quite clear it's about engagement and there's nothing there's nothing in the regulations anywhere that say you you can't invest in in those assets mm -hmm. you know, um, with an engagement policy you know, with a transition plan in 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 mind um and I, you know i i think we we're less less far apart in europe and, and america than we maybe think we are um so going back to that sfdr point and inclusion of gas as a transition um, material, mm. for example, transition energy source, you know that's um, that aligns with with the US uh, approach to engagement rather than exclusion. But you know that it it does mean that there'll be there'll be some investors who are um, who prefer exclusion to um, to engagement um, will be uh, will be underserved perhaps in some markets. Um, you know, and uh, we've probably all read about the um, mm. Exxon Mobil and and their um, antipathy towards doing anything towards climate alignment or or divesting or you know moving away from from their commitment to oil. I'm thinking of Shell actually, who who said they were increasing their fossil fuel gas operations. Um, they're actually going to increase it by 2030, but they were still on the net zero path uh by by 2050 so that, that's not exxon mobile but um i guess yeah just another example of these companies you know what some people might call a, a little u-turn that they're doing um so it's it's an interesting one um john a final question on on, on kind of esg investment products of the future because we've talked a lot about these funds that are kind of have an engagement focus or have an exclusions focused and and um, tend to be, I suppose, the kind of default ESG funds. You know, they they are the most common ones. What about these these so called kind of impact funds, where um, the impact of the investments is like as important or more important than than the financial outcomes? I mean, you know, do you see them becoming more popular or, or less popular? The question is, you know, is is there a demographic split in this? Uh, are younger generations more interested in impact because they can um, they can see down the track what happens if if we don't all invest in in positive things positive change um, you know and will that will that change as as um, as the younger generation gets older and, and and will will financial considerations once again trump the uh, um, the kind of uh, the environmental and, and other sort of forward-thinking aspects of, of investing. Um, I don't know. I, mean, um, I know um, circa 5,000 um, 
they're a kind of uh, uh, an online an app based investor um, uh, um, and they're they're currently um, very much impact focused I believe they're working on a set of of their own impact based ETFs um, that would be interesting if we get more of those type of um, ETFs which are obviously in, indexed around around impact rather than just SRI or ESG factors which which are much more open to interpretation I think if it's if there has to be a positive impact then you know are there are there enough indexes that align mm. to that um, yeah so that's I think there will be more products emerging that uh, um, that that focus on low cost impact investing and if it, if you can get a low cost impact investment um, then um, and that 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 succeeds in the long term well why not why wouldn't you invest in it that that's interesting and and have you from what you've seen are ESG funds and I, I suppose more impact focused funds traditionally more more expensive um, products in the market. Um, with impact funds, I, th- I think you tend to find them more more often than not are active funds. So, um, you know, just because there's more scrutiny involved and and so on. So, yeah, I I think generally at the minute they are ten- they do tend to be more expensive. Um, yeah. know, no index is going to be perfect, obviously, but um, but with a large enough a, a large enough um, fund manager with with the resources to do that research. Um, and and create an index or or a large enough index provider that can create that do the research um, then then it should be possible to produce a a relatively cheap um, fund for for producing impact driven returns yeah yeah fantastic yeah it's a a really interesting development really really interesting development um a a final question john to, to wrap up the conversation um as we've spoken about financial services firms and, and people in financial services have kind of really even more so this year had to had to focus on the financial outcomes of, of their clients' investments. Um, whilst a lot of these firms too, you know, have committed to certain um, ESG related goals and, and they are focusing on that. How how do firms how do firms kind of balance these these priorities? Ultimately the, the financial plan is is the is is the ultimate driver investing is a long-term game so uh, esg or or not esg is is a bit of a side issue in in that respect uh, you know controversially enough i think um i believe that that investing sustainably is is the future and um, and will will pay off in the long run but you know um yeah other advisors will have will have a different different opinion. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think work to the plan, work to to sort of help the cost customer succeed with their investments, has to be the the priority, yeah. and um, and work to align to their um, to the client's preferences in terms of their their ESG preferences um, is is something that has to happen too. With the firms and the clients that you work with, um, how have you kind of found them? What have they been doing to kind of position ESG in their, you know, um, in terms of their products, in terms of their business models, um, sort of more recently? We haven't seen so much focus on that. I think there's been a lot more focus on on um, 
product launches and, and, and where the market's going more broadly. For example, in, in, in my world, um, there's been a renewed interest in annuities um, for the retirement world. So, um, yeah, it's, it's um, uh, with interest rates going up, then suddenly it looks like annuities might be a more viable um, alternative. So, um, so yeah, there's developments have been in, in that area. I think there are, um, there have been the bulk of the the big announcements on on ESG alignment um, really were were from last year when um, you know the the big firms were, were kind of aligning their their policies to a a twenty fifty or, or or earlier kind of goal. Um, I, I think their focus this year has been um, complying with the regulation for TCFD and and with uh, with making things better on their reporting side. There's a lot of investment in in better data for um, for the underlying investments in, in those holdings. So to make sure that you've got a proper look through. Um, you know, ultimately, data is is key, really. If, you know, in order to make sure you can you can evidence that that something really is sustainable, that you have um, engaged correctly. That, um, though, those are the sort of things, the unsexy type of work that's that's going on right now um, to to make sure those investments really are um, ESG compliant. I think that's 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 what we've seen really yeah 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 and a, and a really interesting space to watch uh, definitely um john that's about all we have time for today so thank you very very much again for joining us on the podcast again i should say it's your second time <laughs> and uh thank you very much to everyone for listening um if you'd like to get in contact about this episode you can email me I'm nblackburn at citywire.co.uk um, or you can reach out on Twitter. We're at New Model Advisor. Thanks very much again, everyone, and we'll see you next week. This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. As with any investment, capital is at risk.